Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Leprechaun Lunch on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Let's go! Get the show going, man! I still have lungs to be able to do this right now. Welcome in. It's Leprechaun Lunch. Happy Friday to you. Football Friday at that. Home game football Friday. Love this. Leprechaun Lunch brought to you by Legacy Heating and Air. Ask how you can get free maintenance for life and save like a champion today. Also by, you find folks at South Bend Orthopedics, trusted in the community for over 75 years. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, about the, about the last week or so, I've just been, uh, you know, hacking up a lung. Uh, just an impressive amount of oysters, quite honestly. Just, just... <laughs> That that is like that was the most conversation that I had last night with my wife. I was just <laughs> yeah. Next weekend, you know, I was gonna paint the garage. <laughs> it, it like it's just been a gross week for me. All right, it's just been a really gross week. Um, but then, like two hours ago, finally. The cold medicine started working. <laughs> like, like everything in my head is is, is kind of cleared out and all that. Yeah, I'm just like, huh? Science is amazing, but now my chest hurts so. Like, oh, my ribs are just killing me. Ah, oh. still coughing every so often too. So, like, you know, you get to feel like you're a tackling dummy. It's awesome. It's great. Um. So, also my focus all week because of this head cold and, you know, the the cold medicine brain cloud that I found myself in, especially yesterday. Holy cow, that was pea soup type fog, ladies and gentlemen. Um, It's kind of touch and go as far as today is going to go, quite honestly. Uh, But... It gave me a chance to uh, to have one hell of a brain. Well, like I I was able to write this one down, and typically, I think of these things and I instantly forget them. Like they're just gone into the ether, just just like that. This one though, this one stuck for some reason, and it's kind of something that, that that's been burrowing around in my in my head for a little bit too. But yeah, this 
you know. Ever since the schedule came out, ever since the schedule came out and Sam Hartman officially transferred to Notre Dame, this has just been swimming around in the old noggin, okay? So, of course, you know, one of the storylines that's been parroted all week around here, elsewhere, everywhere, uh, has been that, you know, Sam Hartman's taking on his old team from Wake Forest. Okay, yeah, right, okay, right. We all know, yeah, we, we, we know what the schedule is. Of course, Wake Forest head coach Dave Clawson was uh, was asked about Sam. And, uh, you know, just like the four years prior to this year, he raved about him. What do you do? You know, got a great relationship. Tyler Horka from blueandgold.com wrote about what Clawson said this week. And honestly, I'm just going to read that verbatim, quite honestly. All right, this is, this is Tyler's article from, uh, from blueandgold.com. Uh, Dave Clawson's scouting sessions have been more difficult this week than ever. That's because this week, Wake Forest's objective is to go after one of their own. It's to make quarterback Sam Hartman's life on Saturday as tough as it's been for Clawson to watch him play in a uniform other than that of the Demon Deacons, which he spent five seasons sporting. I think the world of Sam, Clawson in his 10th season at Wake Forest said Tuesday, quite honestly, it's hard for me to watch Notre Dame football. That's the Wake Forest quarterback playing for them. Unquote. When Wake Forest beat Pitt on October 21st, which still stands as the Demon Deacons' lone ACC victory in 2023, one of the first congratulatory text messages Clawson received came from Hartman. Notre Dame's one-year rental QB has alluded to the reality of him checking in on his you know, former program quite frequently this fall, and who can blame him? You know, five seasons? Five seasons wearing you know, that, the, the Wake Forest? You know, who can blame him? Conversely, Clawson follows the Fighting Irish closely. Emotionally unbearable as it may be. He's heard critics come down hard on Hartman for ineffective play. Hartman has 18 touchdown passes through 10 games. He, has, uh, he had 38 touchdown tosses in 12 games in 2022 and 39 in 14 games in 2023. Notre Dame fell short of overall expectations this year. An inconsistent offense is primarily to blame. Clawson contends people aren't understanding the totality of Hartman's situation, though. He had uh, much to say about that. He's playing a different, he's playing a completely different offense, Clawson said. What we do at Wake Forest is very quarterback-centric. Everything we did flowed through him. Their offense is different. They have a big offensive line and an excellent tailback. I'm sure he's learned a lot of things that will help his future. They run different protections and checks. I'm sure his football knowledge has grown from learning a different system, but he's still an excellent football player. When I hear people giving him a hard time, where would they be without him? I know the standard at Notre Dame might be to make the college football playoff, but I still think they're a much better team because they have Sam than they would be without him. When people are critical of him, it bothers me. He's one of ours and always will be. When you watch the tape as a coach and hear the criticism, it's not justified. He's a good player. Clawson and Hartman have not talked this week. That's uncommon. It's an uncommon week for Clawson, for Hartman, for everyone in a Wake Forest uniform that spent time with the program's record-setting signal caller. I joked with our team that for five years, Sam wore a green jersey and they weren't allowed to hit him. This is the first time any of our defensive guys will be allowed to hit him, Clawson said. Hit, not hurt. There's absolutely no ill will from one side to the other. 
But Saturday is still a business venture for both, for both parties. Wake Forest wants to win. Notre Dame needs to win. Mentorship, friendship, and all that went, and all that went into the last five years will be put on pause for upwards of four hours. I'm sure it'll be a little awkward before the game, but after the game, I'll give him a big hug and tell him how much we care for him, Clausen said. I've told him I'll root for him every game this year, except for one, and this is the one. Unquote. Again, they have a fantastic relationship. That's, I mean, that, that has not been, that hasn't been a, uh, you know, big question whatsoever. You know, any, 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 anything that you've, seen about Dave Clawson and Sam Hartman and their relationship is, you know, has basically been a lot like that. And I'm going to agree with Dave Clawson, by the way, on, on, on this team, on this uh, point. Um, it is a totally different system. Like, Sam Hartman never, never took a snap under center in college before this year. That's a significant change. A significant change, you know, from, from one system to another. Like I said, I get it. Sam Hartman played for Dave Clawson for, for five years. The two continued, you know, continue to have a great relationship, even though Sam moved on from Wake Forest. Cool, great. But what if, what if, what if for a second, all of that was a scheme? What if all of this were a work? And I'm going to sound like a conspiracy theorist that's completely off their medications right now, but just bear with me here. It's been that kind of week. What if, after being honored on senior day, even though he's now a senior, he's a grad transfer, blah, 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 blah. What if, after being honored tomorrow, for his last game at Notre Dame Stadium, Sam Hartman, to borrow the wrestling term, turns heel. What if all of a sudden Wake Forest comes out of their comes out for their first offensive series, and neither Mitch Griffiths nor nor Michael Kern is the Demon Deacons quarterback, but Sam Hartman strides off the Notre Dame sideline, rips the Irish jersey off to reveal a Wake Forest jersey underneath. Then all of a sudden you hear this. And then you see Sam Hartman throw for four touchdowns and run for another two for Wake Forest. And Notre Dame Stadium is just shell-shocked. The Jumbotron has also gone black and white at this point. For detail's sake. Kids are in the stands crying. Normally reasonable people are throwing garbage everywhere, gar- throwing garbage on the field, throwing it at, at Wake Forest, throwing it at Notre Dame even. The ushers are frozen because they have no idea what to do next. Yell at someone for standing up during a play or yell at someone for throwing trash on the field. Meantime, Sam Hartman rides off with Wake Forest in an egg-covered bus. What if all of a sudden that like that that actually happened? <laughs> like I know it 
like, trust me, real life is not that easy. Like, the things that we can control aren't easy to, aren't easy to script. But good lord, what, what would happen if that, like, if that sort of thing were possible? Everybody's head would just cave in or explode or, or something. Nobody would be able to handle it. I am so glad that life is not like professional wrestling. Holy cow. That would be just completely ridiculous. But seriously, like reading that article... Like it, like it just kind of sounds. It almost sounds like it kind of sets itself up for that, just a just a tiny bit, just a tiny bit. I'm one of those guys. Like you know, it. Like I said, it's been an, it's been quite an interesting week this week. <laughs> Being on the cold medicine. Oh. The DayQuil finally worked, by the way. The day, the, so I kind of script things out a little bit. The DayQuil finally started working, but I had obviously written this part before it had started working. Uh, DayQuil prides itself on being the daytime sniffling, sneezing, yada, 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 so you can work medicine, and I'm calling bull on that. My brain, my focus, my ability to do anything this week has been everywhere except where I need it to be. I mean, and that's still kind of debatable. You know, I'm, I'm sure some of you are probably going, uh, this is focus? Uh. <laughs> Needless to say, um, Notre Dame's going to score some points smart. Like, in case you haven't noticed, uh, Notre Dame just plays better at Notre Dame Stadium. And that's kind of indicative. You know, like that's that holds chalk around most of college football, quite honestly. But Notre Dame, like you know, the the, the same team that uh, that beat USC, like they did, was the same team that went into Clemson. That doesn't make sense, but what happened i'm just saying notre dame plays better at notre dame stadium so they're gonna put up points um you know wake forest doesn't have the defensive talent i mean let's say that they also don't have a running back like aldrich estime and they also don't have a quarterback like sam hartman yeah i'm i'm, I'm totally with dave claus when they when uh, when people start talking about it. like go back go back to the Ohio State game and I know we all kind of flushed that from our memory I know but go back to the to the Ohio State game and just ask yourself how badly is Notre Dame getting beat if Tyler Buckner's the quarterback in that game 
Like the the Ohio State pressure would have would have forced him into so many turnovers. <laughs> like it's like it's just ridiculous to think about. Like it, like it, it's unfathomable. Un, uh, unfathomable. I just said that. Yeah, I just did that even slower too. So, yeah, it. it I know this season didn't exactly, you know, it's not exactly ending like the way we thought that it would. Okay, I get that. You know, the the end of this season kind of limp into the barn a little bit. You know, you got Wake Forest coming in. It's, you know, kind of looks like, uh, you know, it's certainly got a little bit of a chill to the air. Not as bad as last year, though. It's not as bad as last year. I will take this year over, over last year, even though I did buy a, Totally new winter coat. Um, and then you got the thing with Stanford, you know, basically, you know, like, what, 20% of people around here are going to be able to watch that game, you know, without having to adjust anything on their cable or streaming package? You know, like, Pac, the, the Pac-12 network, even in Pac-12 country, is in, like, 200 homes or something. on Dish Network, I know that, and you know, I, I'm assuming that because it's on Dish Network, it's also on Sling because Dish Network owns Sling and, and all that, but, you know, you don't have to, you don't, you don't have to, to futz with anything, basically, is what I like to, I, I don't need to futz with this. Okay, there we go. So. Meantime, I'm going to have to watch that game, too. So I'm, I've been doing research on how much I have to futz with things as far as my streaming package goes. Uh, do want to say this, by the way. This is uh, some, some good news from, uh, from the football camp, by the way. Uh, Xavier Watts and Joe Alt. Uh, Watts was named a finalist for the Nagurski Award this week, given to the best defensive player in college football. He's been the Nagurski Player of the Week. That happened after the uh, the USC and the Pitt games. He leads the country with seven interceptions. Iowa cornerback uh, Cooper DeJean, or Cooper, Cooper DeJean, I don't know. I'm going to go with DeJean. Um, it just sounds, you know, more lunchy. Uh, Illinois defensive tackle uh, Jerzon Newton and NC State linebacker Peyton Wilson are the other three finalists. Alt was the only offensive lineman named as a finalist for the Lombardi Award, which goes to the best lineman in college football. The other three finalists, okay, linemen actually, UCLA's uh, Leatu Latu, Utah's Jonah Ellis, and Georgia's Brock Bowers again? Like, I know he was nominated last year and all that, and, you know, technically tight end, you know. But when has he actually lined up on the line this season? Has he? Is he lined up, you know, like, you know, just right off the tackle there? Because every time I see that dude, he's split out wide. So, makes no sense to me, quite honestly. Makes no sense. Somebody explain that one to me. We're on Twitch, by the way. Uh, You can watch the proceedings. Twitch.tv slash Sports Radio 960 WSBT. You can see, you know. Watch me yell into a mic. You can watch Darren yell into a mic as well uh, during weekday sports beat. Um, 
all that right there on our on our Twitch channel. So there you go. Also, stream us. Download the app if you haven't done that yet. Take us wherever you go. WSBTradio.com. Click the link for the uh, for the app and and all that, and you are all set. Uh, we've got some picks coming up. Several picks from from top twenty five might might dip the toe a little bit into the NFL this weekend too. We'll see we'll see how far we get, but uh, some top twenty five picks coming up, and uh, yeah, we'll hear from Marcus Freeman coming up as far as his uh, his Thursday press availability yesterday. Uh, have that for you coming up here on Leprechaun Lunch on Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT. Sports Radio nine sixty AM WSBT. Let's see, tomorrow, Legacy Heating and Air Game Day. Out on location, live from Eddie Street Commons. Where at Eddie Street Commons right now is kind of up in the air. If we're not in our usual spot between Brewburger and, uh, um, what was that, Urban Outfitters. Urban Outfitters. Um, yeah. We're not in our usual spot in the drop, you know, in that driveway into the parking garage. There, um, we'll uh, hopefully be not too far away from that. So, but possibly indoors. It's supposed to be chilly tomorrow morning. It's supposed to be like in the 30s or 40s tomorrow morning. So, it's kind of why we're thinking about moving it inside. Uh, guess this week, as I fight off a sneeze right now, that is also a part of. You know, this whole head cold thing that I am not a fan of. Uh, former uh, former offensive lineman Trevor Robinson will join us. DJ Fitzpatrick, former uh, Irish punter, kickoff, field goal kicker, all that stuff. Uh, DJ Fitzpatrick will join us. Uh, the Athletics Pete Sampson, he's been covering uh, Notre Dame football for 21 years. He'll join us. And uh, also, we had so much fun with him, what, three weeks ago now. Uh, <coughs> ugh! Jeez, head cold. Ah. Uh, former offensive lineman Bob Morton will join us once again too. So hopefully, I won't cough on the air. You know, like I, you know, during game day tomorrow, like I just did there. Fingers crossed. We'll see how that goes. Also, tons of uh, tons of Irish sports all weekend. Um, let's see tonight. Actually, this afternoon. Men's basketball team, uh, the uh, the third place game in the Legends Classic against Oklahoma State. That's going to get on the air here at uh, at four o'clock. So we will have that for you. Uh, unfortunately, that means no Budweiser's weekday sports beat today. But get your Darren fix on uh, Notre Dame hockey. They're at Minnesota uh, starting at seven forty-five over on Z ninety-four-three. Our coverage gets underway nine a.m. tomorrow. Legacy Heating and Air game day at ten. Uh, but uh, game day sports be presented by Bud Light uh, starting at noon. 12.45 rolls around. Notre Dame women's basketball hits the court. They're in Washington, D.C. for the City Shamrock Classic. They're playing against Illinois in that. Uh, coverage uh, for that starts, like I said, 12.45 over on Live 99.9. That's where you can hear all of the women's basketball games. And then, uh, let's see, kickoff against Wake Forest, that's at 3.30. 
Another Notre Dame hockey game tomorrow night at 745 over on Z94.3. And, uh, yeah, that's that, that's like a lot in, in a couple of days. I'm not going to lie. I, I have to arrange all that stuff, and it can be a little daunting sometimes. And having a head cold the week that you're trying to do that, oh, so much fun! Marcus Freeman talked with the media yesterday via Zoom. Here's uh, what he had to say, starting off with one Chuck Freebie. Coach, since you already usurped Eric Hansen's role as giving the injury report, I may as well ask as well, can you give us an update on the offensive line situation with Correll and concussion protocol, Kristoffic, uh, Jaden Thomas's hamstring, and any other illnesses or injuries that might affect the depth chart this week? That's a lot in one question, Chuck. Um, again, the only guy that still is, is questionable is Zeke. Um, he's still in concussion protocol. He's uh, done, done some non-contact, but he has not been able to do contact yet. He hasn't cleared concussion protocol. Um, but the rest of those guys, uh, I, I can't remember everybody you asked, but should be, should, should be available. We'll go next to Tim Priester. Marcus, uh, by and large, Wake Forest defense, at least statistically, is pretty much middle of the pack, except when you get to third down defense and red zone defense. Can you pinpoint what has made them good in those areas, whether it be scheme or certain individuals? You know, I think they they, they have a talented group. Um, their corner number one's a good player. Um, three is a safety that, that just sticks out and makes plays in the run game and a pass game. And then they got the the deep end number 30 that's done a really good job. But those three players have really um, impacted a lot of a lot of games. And so um, I think they do a good job of mixing up what they're doing. You'll see different type of fire zones. You'll see some cover one, um, some some quarters, too high stuff, and just stemming up front and keeping you off balance. Now, as I've told the offensive staff, a lot of teams have, have kind of changed up what they've done um, the last few games previously on film to what they're doing in the game. So we have to be prepared to see a lot of man coverage, to see a lot of press. And um, um, if they continue to do what they do, we have a plan, but we also have, have a great plan for, for adjustments if they don't do what they've always shown on film. We'll go next to John Bryce. Hey, Marcus, uh, appreciate the time. And I was wondering if both this season and also when you were a coordinator, uh, when, when you go back and break down film and study some of your tendencies, maybe how often are you looking at something and saying, okay, what were we thinking in calling this here versus you look at it and say, okay, I know why we called it. Now, why didn't we execute it? Yeah, I think you always look at why you called it and, and what worked and what didn't work, right? And and why it didn't work. And then I think the follow-up to that, hey, are we being predictable? Is there something that, that, you know, teams have a better idea we're going to run this defense or this offensive play um, based off tendencies. So you always want to self, um, really self-scout yourself in terms of your tendency, but tendencies of run pass. Um, as a defensive coordinator, was a tendency of, okay, do we pressure in certain situations, down in distances? But at the end of the day, you do that in, in terms of your preparation, but then as you go back and evaluate, you got to say, okay, why didn't this call work? What is the execution error? Or, you know what, if we don't have an answer for it, we probably shouldn't call it. We'll go next to Eric Hansen. Hey, Coach. Already this is Sam Hartman's last game in Notre Dame Stadium, and I've 
wanted to ask you this about him. N number one, what have you learned about the portal experience with a quarter quarterback from from Sam being there? And then also, how is he? Do you think how is he better having been at Notre Dame for a year? And how is Notre Dame better for Sam Hartman having been there for a year? Yeah, um, you know he's just he's been so consistent in terms of his approach to the game. Um, he has uh, done some really um, great things for our football program in terms of not just on the field, but off the field in terms of how he's really elevated the the preparation and the play of, of the quarterback room. Um, you know, his ability to meet with the white owls to make sure everybody's on the same page. Um, you know, he's just brought a lot of things to our program that sometimes you just don't always see on Saturday. Um, as far as, as, you know, what we've done for him, I hope the, the ability to, to, to know another offense, the ability to, um, for him have to learn uh, a new system, a new coaching staff, adapt and adjust and get out of his comfort zone a little bit um, is something that I, I think he would be able to say, hey, Notre Dame provided for me um, in another way of, 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 of running a program, right? And, and, you know, obviously I don't know the ins and outs of, of how Coach Clawson runs his program, but again, it's going to be different just because the head coach and the place is different. But um Listen, we're very grateful for having Sam a part of this team. We're, we're grateful that he chose this program, and um, we're going to miss him tremendously. Uh, but we, we got a couple games left with him, and uh, we look forward to having him these next three. We'll go next to Eric, Eric to Tyler Horka. Hey, Marcus, J.D. Bertrand's been this team's leading tackler for as long as you've been here, going back to your time as the D.C., even in 2021. So I'm curious kind of what he's meant to your defense over the last three seasons. And then it seems like he's more involved with community service stuff off the field or as much involved uh, as anybody. So just kind of what he's meant both on the field and off the off the field to you guys. You know, let's start with on the field. Um, you know, J.D. plays with tremendous uh physicality tremendous production uh, he is he gives you everything he has and um you know you always appreciate a guy that just plays the game sacrifices his body no matter how he feels um you know at times that you know you, you almost want to protect him but um what he's done off the field in terms of the ability to set a standard for how to prepare how to prepare um I use him all the time. When I got here as a defense coordinator in 2021, J.D. Bertrand was the third string linebacker. And um, he had very few reps in 2020. And I remember, you know, he was one of the first guys that reached out to me and asked me to meet. And, um, you know, at first you're, you're able to meet with him and you're new. And then over time, you're like, man, every day this guy wants to meet. And you don't have a lot of time as you're trying to install a defense. But no matter what time I was told J.D. Bertrand I could meet with him, he was there. And I use that as an example even this week in terms of you don't know when the opportunity for you will present itself. But J.D. Bertrand didn't care for the opportunity. He just wanted to continue to get better and continue to put in the work and the preparation so that when the opportunity presented himself, he was ready to go. You know, he was third string, then Maris gets hurt as we get in the fall camp, and J.D. just kept getting better and better, and there he has an opportunity to – to, you know, fight with Shane, not fight, but, but really to, uh, you know, try to get that spot with, with, with Shane Simon. And he ended up becoming our starting backer and he hasn't looked back since. And so I love the example that he has set for 
the entire team, but especially the linebackers in terms of you can't wait for this golden opportunity to start preparing yourself to to do the things that it takes to be successful in the game of football. JD did it as a third stringer, and um, he continues to do it now um, as a as obviously the starting linebacker. And so, um, he will always be the standard for me in terms of how to prepare, how to improve, how to work, um, and then off the field. Um, he is such a selfless person that gives back to the community. Um, he's a guy that often goes to the hospitals with me to, to you know, you know, be around the, the, the kids that are in the hospital. And, and um, he is just a great example of the total student athlete. We'll go next to Pete Sampson. Marcus, I was curious where you are in terms of the search for uh, strength coaches uh, and sort of some of the traits or qualities you're looking for as you know, start to um, you know, reach out or, or kick the tires on possible candidates? Um, you know, that's something I'll probably start focusing on um, in depth as we finish up this season. And, um, you know, we have a, a, a great a great one in-house that, that has done a great job. Fred's done a, a really great job of continuing to lead our strength conditioning, um, you know, our team and, and um, has really done a great job with our current players in terms of getting them through the end season process. But um, as I told him and, and as I've told um, our entire program, I will really focus on that as soon as we get done with the Stanford game in terms of what direction we're going to continue to move forward in um, as we get, you know, through this current regular season, prepare for our bowl game, and then as we get to the uh, winter conditioning phase for next year. We'll go next to Tyler James. Hi, Marcus. You mentioned Rocco was injured for the rest of the season. What is the issue with his knee? Is that a ligament issue that will impact his preparation for next season? Um, no, it, it, it was an uh, uh, MCL Um yeah, so a ligament, obviously a ligament issue, but we expect him to be. It's not an ACL where you're out for six to eight, six to nine months. Um, we expect him to be back for spring ball. Um, I don't know if he'll be 100% full go for spring ball just because you're going to miss some of the winter conditioning phase, but um, we expect to see him back um, as we get ready for spring. And our last question will be from Tim O'Malley. Coach, due to some injuries and otherwise, um, we talked to Coach Parker about this, but it, it seems about half of your wide receivers may be best suited for slot receivers. So my question is, in the short term, how do you prepare a guy that you view as a future slot or a slot receiver for an outside role to help you in the last three games? Well, I think that's the the common theme that I've – the conversations I've had with our office staff is that because a, a individual is maybe suited for a certain position – that we have depth that like we have to be creative and, and um, find ways to get that person or those person people on a field on the field to to have success like what are their skill sets and how can we utilize them in different positions right and and maybe I'm not a tall long receiver that that you usually look for on the outside but they have a skill set that if we feel like they're one of our best then we got to find a way to get them on the field at the same time, but then ask them to do things that they're suited for. Um, and, and that's to me always the challenge is that you don't have a system that you fit this certain individual into that position. It's okay, get your best 11. How can I find ways to put them in different positions, uh, shift, motion, and, and the offense and defensively, right? But to get them on the field and create a system or a structure that 
that has your best players on the field. And um, I think that's the great challenge in coaching. Uh, going back to my defensive coordinator days, it, I hated to recruit. I, I didn't like the idea of recruiting to just a position. I liked it to recruit to um, talent level and to really adapt uh, whatever I was doing as a defense coordinator around that talent level because um, you can't have your, your best players on the sideline because they're three deep at one position. To me, you've got to be creative and to put those guys on the field and 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 realize what their strong suits are and put them in a position to be successful. And um, to me, the best coaches find a way to do that. All right. Thank you very much, Coach. All right. Thank you, guys. And Claire. And that was Marcus Freeman yesterday on Zoom, his media availability, part of Leprechaun Lunch. Anyway, uh, earlier in the week even, you know, of course, I think it was brought up again, uh, you know, at the transfer portal. And, you know, Notre Dame, you know, what are they going to be doing as far as a quarterback goes next year? I mean, sure, C.J. Carr is going to be coming in. You've got uh, Steve Angeli, who's looked really good, actually, in the, uh, in, like, the, the garbage time that he's picked up. Hasn't, hasn't looked like garbage. It's looked pretty darn good, actually. Um, and then you got Kenny Minchie as well. So you got three. ESPN, though, even this week, um, saying that Notre Dame needs to go get a, a, a portal quarterback. Okay. Um, and honestly, I think, uh, I think, uh, Darren and Eric were talking about this, uh, either, uh, this week or last. That's just, the business that's that's the deal with college football now like that's just something that you got to do and they're probably going to go look at a at a you know a, a transfer quarterback why not why wouldn't you if you got somebody who's going to fit in your system and if you know for right now it's still going to be the wild west as far as when they can play and all that what's stopping you I think you'll I, th- I I think you'll like the transfer portal if if like you know somehow a championship is attached to a player that comes into Notre Dame you know from the portal that's yeah yeah right there anyway uh, here's that cold again there's that head cold the Dayquil's wearing off. Anyway, uh, we'll get some bets out. Help you uh, pad your wallet a little bit. It's been a uh, it's been a little bit of a rough year, but college football has actually been not too terrible for me. So I've actually done uh, fairly decent with that. So we'll take a look at the, some of the matchups from top twenty five and uh, and plenty more as Leprechaun Lunch rolls on after this on Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT. Leprechaun Lunch brought to you by Legacy Heating and Air. Ask how you can get free maintenance for life. Or maintenance, whichever. Man, that's another thing about cold. Ugh. Just slurring my words, sounding like a drunk man. 
Legacy Heating and Air. Ask how you can get free maintenance for life and save like a champion today. Also by South Bend Orthopedics, trusted in the community for over 75 years. Don't forget, uh, later today, men's basketball here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT uh, against Oklahoma State in the uh, third place game of the Legends Classic from Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Hey. Oh. Um, four o'clock is the uh, the start on that. Tip off is at four thirty. So uh, we've got that for you a little bit later today. So shall we? You may be wondering if I'm blaming cold medicine for, uh, well, everything today. How confident am I in these picks? I'm so confident! All of the confidence. All of the confidence spilling out of my head along with the snot. It's probably a good thing Darren's not going to be in here today. Give us time to sterilize everything. Anyway. Mets. Let's do it. Some college football. Number three, Michigan at Maryland. That's your big noon kickoff. Jim Harbaugh will be watching from somewhere. By the way, there was a story. Uh, you know, one of, the, one of the little media blogs that I look at. Um, where the idea... To uh, go talk to Jim Harbaugh from the team hotel where he was, where he watched the game last week against Penn State. Apparently, that was bandied about on Fox for a, for a second before uh, before cooler heads uh, probably prevailed. But that would have been trippy, huh? Got this crazy man going off during the uh, Michigan and Penn State game, and like a you know those little small screen inset. Anyway, we saw the Wolverines run the ball 32 straight times to close out Penn State last week. Was that part of the game plan, by the way? Like, does Jim Harbaugh trust Sharon more that much? That he's calling for 32 straight plays, straight run plays. That game plan's probably going to repeat itself this week, too. Uh, There's just no need for them to get creative at this point. You've got Ohio State coming up. All right? In a little over a week from now. All right? Why are you going to get creative? Why are you going to give more fill? Why would you do that to yourself? They'll want to drain the clock. Play at their, you know, play at their tempo. That means this this game's coming in under. By like a lot, I think. Point total on this is 50 and a half right now. And I yeah. You know, they're they're gonna they're gonna play they're going to play that that time of possession game because that's what's going to keep them the healthiest. And don't be surprised if they try that garbage with uh, with Ohio State, too. That's your big noon kickoff, by the way, on Fox. Again, Michigan getting the, the big noon. Like, that, that'll be three weeks in a row. 
I'll say this though. They got me curious at the very least. The uh, noon kickoff on ABC tomorrow. Number 10, Louisville at Miami. Cards did not look good last week against Virginia. But they had a little bit extra time to correct some issues and get a start on prep for Miami, which obviously put everything into a tough rivalry loss to Florida State. Uh, Louisville's going to rebound from last week. they got a good game plan. They're probably going to clinch a spot in the ACC championship game. It's a close line. The last I checked, it was a uh, this game's a pick'em basically. So, whichever number you know, the point spread or the uh, uh, money line straight up, whichever gives you a better number, probably the point spread. Keep an eye on that when you're uh, when you're betting that game. But I would take the, I would I would stick with the points. I would stick with Louisville and the points there. Um, hey, here's a uh, game where you can you know do a little rehearsal as far as. Uh, figuring out how the hell do I watch the Pac-12 network. Uh, Number 22, Utah at number 17, Arizona. That's a a 2.30 kickoff. Going to be tough for Utah to have enough gas in the tank to get in and out of the desert with one week with a uh, win one week after pouring it all out. Damn near lighting it on fire, too, against Washington in Seattle. Arizona's been really, really really strong at home this year too and also really strong against spread I expect them to finish up their home schedule strong with a uh, with a win against the Utes playing the spread in, instead of the money line that's also going to get you a, a better number from the books that could change though as well so watch for that but I like Arizona um, either straight up or with the points Like I said, whichever one gets you the better number. I think Moneyline Arizona was like minus 130 or something like that the last time that I checked it. Today, uh, the point spread, the one point point spread, uh, minus 105. So, I'm not an accredited scientist, but I do know my science. On CBS at 3.30, you got number one, Georgia, at Tennessee. I believe number 18, Georgia. I like Georgia and the points here because how many points is Tennessee going to be able to score in this game? The Vols would need to hit, like, they'd need to empty the playbook, basically, to give themselves a shot, even. Because long, plotting drives are not going to work against this Georgia defense. Also, as I sneeze, I potted down the mic that time so that I didn't blow out your speakers or that. But uh, as Georgia's offense is getting healthier, they've become even more effective. Just what we were looking for, wasn't it? Average nearly 10 yards per play last week against Ole Miss. So. It's a 10-point spread right now, too, and Georgia's going to cover that and then some. So, a little Big Ten battle for you at 3.30 on FS1. You got Illinois at number 16, Iowa. Uh, Iowa heading back to the Big 
Big Ten title game to get spanked by either Michigan or Ohio State with a victory. Is that really such a perk to play for? (laughs) Hey, we get to get waxed by these two teams, which are obviously heads and shoulders above the rest of the conference. Hooray! Uh, Hawkeyes could still get there with a loss, but then they'd have to win at Nebraska in the finale, and that's far from a sure thing. Illinois has got some banged-up key skill position players, too. Quarterback Luke Altmeyer, running back, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, wide receiver Pat Bryant, several others as well. So, um, yeah, just Iowa straight up there. Iowa straight up. You know. Don't even if someone bets the over on an Iowa game, by the way, laugh at them. Like I, I don't imagine it happening, but still, just laugh at them because that's just a ridiculous concept. Uh, number six, Oregon at Arizona. That's a four p.m. kick on Fox. I like, uh, I like that to go over. Uh, Arizona can't stop the run. Oregon can't stop the pass. Check and check. Point total at 53 and a half. So, uh, and Arizona State, you know, at home, going to put some points up. So, yeah, over 53 and a half. Yeah. Primetime game, 730 on ABC. Number five, Washington is at number 11, Oregon State. That Corvallis magic is real. Just look at the numbers. Oregon State 16 and one against the spread in their last 17 at home. 16 and one against the spread. That said, Washington has everything, and I mean everything, to play for. They've got the playoff to play for. They've got a quarterback playing for a Heisman Trophy. They've got a national championship on the line here. They they faced a scare last week, Washington did, against Utah. They're not going to let that happen again. And they're not going to let Oregon State, you know, spoil the party here. I respect Oregon State and everything. This is business, though. And Washington takes care of business. Go straight up money line on that, by the way, too. Minus 100 on that. And then uh, number seven, Texas at Iowa State. Texas' offense, how are they going to respond without their leading rusher? Jonathan Brooks, he tore his ACL last week. That is rough. Under. Go under on this because the last eight straight between these two have gone under. The under is hit in Texas's last six against unranked teams. Eight of the last nine Iowa State home games have hit the under. 47.5 is the uh, point total there. Let that trend continue. Number uh, seven, Texas at Iowa State, under 47.5. Wherever we wind up being for uh, Legacy Heating and Air Game Day, uh, we will uh, put that out on the Twitter account, Sports at Sports Radio 960 is uh, where you need to go for that. So, hopefully my face will not be just leaking fluids either. That's That'll be a perk. So, I'll see you out there tomorrow. 
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 